Welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers, podcast number 51. A big welcome back to anyone who's returning, and thanks for stopping in to anybody who's new this week. Well, this week's podcast is the first podcast with not just one guest, but almost an entire family. Four out of five of the McQuaid family joins me today to share a few of their stories and some song picks from each one. I met the McQuaid family in the perfect Stranger Stopping Strangers fashion when we were camping near their family bus, Sugary, at Dead & Company in Saratoga Springs this past June. When I wandered over to take a closer look at this beautiful painted bus, I was welcomed to have a look and meet the family. Saratoga was about midway through the spring tour family trip for the McQuaids. To meet these amazing people in their family bus on tour was just so fucking cool to me. There aren't even words. So needless to say, I left a stranger shopping stranger magnet. I told him I would love, love, love to have him on the podcast. We stayed in touch and was able to pull four out of five of them together for podcast number 51. They share their stories and music from this past summer. Uh, they tell us about Fare Thee Well, which was the kids' first shows and the one that really dropped them down the rabbit hole and more. Quaid family is just an exceptionally special family, so filled with love and music and the community that I am just so happy to have a chance to meet them and thrilled to get a chance to share um, their stories and music with you. So as always, please enjoy and uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Well, McQuaid family, welcome to Stranger Stopping Strangers. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you guys. You are the first family that I've had on the podcast, and this is just so much fun. Um, everybody inter- introduce themselves. Okay, I'm David McQuaid. I'm 53, and we live in Dallas. And I'm Kelly. I'm 50. I don't know why I have to tell my age. <laughs> that was entirely up to you. <laughs> And then I'm Dylan. I'm 18. And I'm Avery. I'm 24, and I live in Boulder. Right on. And there's one more. Cassidy is not here with us, but there's another part of the Cassidy's family. Cassidy's not able to make it here today. She's here in spirit. She's here in spirit. Right on. Well, this is really exciting. So for the listeners, we met in Saratoga, and you guys were camped right next to us, and you have the most beautiful bus. And I walked over, and I just got such a huge, whopping uh dose of southern hospitality coming in and here we are yes that was fun that that, that was particularly that was probably our most fun camping dead experience of the summer yeah we loved because at that campground i mean there was it was all deadheads you know i don't know a thousand plus yeah so that was a lot of fun that was so much fun well tell everybody a little bit about your summer let's uh let's talk about the summer and then we'll kind of like we'll start now kind of like in one of the movies where you kind of start at the t- where we are yeah. now and then we go backwards and then work our way back up there so, you go. yeah so so for everyone who's listening tell us a little bit about uh you know the the inspiration behind it and about the trip and uh where you guys went well the quick inspiration behind it uh behind the bus is when the Grateful Dead announced their final three shows a couple years ago in Chicago. Um, I told the family, I said, look, we can either rent a nice RV and go, or we can buy an old school bus and convert it to a hippie bus. Y'all's choice. And they totally voted hippie bus. So we spent the next seven months refitting a, an old school bus to a uh, hippie RV. Pretty cool. It's got a master bedroom in the back and a bunk room for the kids and a bath, full bathroom and a kitchen and a den. It's uh, it's small, but it's awesome. So beautiful. How does she ride? We went 6,700 miles in her, 16 states and Canada, and no problems at all. So, wow. Yeah, so she ran perfectly. And so this trip, we left from Dallas in early June, went to Boulder to catch a couple of the shows, uh, which were great. And Avery lives in Boulder, so we got her and then... Went on to Chicago and then up into Niagara Falls. 
not realizing that our GPS took us through Canada to get to Niagara Falls. Of course, we didn't have our passports. We drive up in a psychedelic bus, and the guy takes one look at us and goes, passports? And I said, we, we don't have them. Uh, and I explained the story. He said, well, since you took a wrong turn, why don't you pull over? We're going to search the bus. <laughs> and, uh, and on came a couple guards with plastic gloves on their hands, and they searched the bus. Unsettling, um, to say the least. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, my, my, I have a pit in my stomach just listening to the story, right? <laughs> I mean, so, absolutely. And uh, so, anyway, after they searched the bus, uh, really, they just wanted to see what it looked like on the inside, I think, was the main purpose. But then they let us go, and they let us drive through Canada to get to Niagara Falls. So We're pretty harmless looking, I think, you know, but it was, it was, it was a funny experience all the way through. For sure. Absolutely. Well, you've got to love the Canadians. I mean, I've had a couple of Canadian guests on, and I have never met an unhappy Canadian. I really haven't. I've never met a Canadian that isn't, like, sweet and happy. And Right on. So then we get to Saratoga, and that's where we met. Up. We met there, and that was a great time. As I was saying, that was probably our funnest Grateful Dead camping experience. So after, after the show, we ended up having a jam session and a party outside the bus with fire spinners. And, I mean, the music went on. I ended up going in, going to bed about 5.30 in the morning, and then the drummer showed up at 6. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. that, that was a good one. That was a good party. And then we went to City Field, which was great, and we also caught the two Boston shows. No, they were they were so great this summer. I mean, how much fun. No, I really – I mean, the City Fields, Boston, they were all – I mean, they were just smoking. They were on fire. Yeah. And so good to see O'Teal coming into his own and, yeah. and singing more. And that's great. Absolutely. No, and then there's so much more to look forward to. I mean, as we speak here in October, I mean, fall tour and, and, and winter plans for Mexico. And I mean, I think um, I don't think the music's going to stop and I'm thrilled about it. Yeah, it's rolling right on They're They're actually coming to Dallas for the first time in 30 years. Bob Weir was here six, eight months ago. But as far as the dead or anything like it, um, it's been 30 years since they played in Dallas. So that's exciting. Absolutely. Well, on the podcast, we like to play music, want to hear stories, and we've got four people's worth of stories and four people's worth of music, but we decided we're going to kick off with Saratoga. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we play a little music, and then we'll come back and, uh, again, maybe get back to uh, sort of how you all came to be in this amazing family situation. What do you guys think? Awesome. Great. Okay. So, so, Kelly, you picked the song. Tell us about what we're going to play and why we picked it. Okay, so Looks Like Rain, which is where we met you, Stacy, and we just all so enjoyed meeting you, but it was such a beautiful moment, and Saratoga Springs, I think, might have been my favorite venue of all the venues that we saw over the summer, and just the vibe of the people, and then it was just so beautiful that when they played it, that the skies, it was just gray and you know but finally the skies just opened up and it poured down rain and it was just right beautiful. right as he was seeing the words looks looks like rain which was really cool and then the rainbow oh, the double yeah. rainbow i think yeah even. well they say bob weir controls the weather right <laughs> he definitely did that day i think for sure yeah, I mean, I wonder with something like that, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that that was part of a planned set list, or do you think it was impromptu based on just the feeling and the vibe of the place? What do you guys think? I, I feel like they kind of had someone backstage watching the weather, and then I feel like they might have had a, just a stage cue to play that song. But Really? I think that was I mean, that was the really... magic of the dead. That was pretty surreal. <laughs> I love I love the magic of the dead. I love it's like the magic that I believe in. As I have two kids at home, and I'm gonna end up being anywhere near where you guys are at with the family and the music and all together. I mean, that's like a, it would be a dream come true. And I'm constantly telling the kids, you know, this happened, but that's the magic around the dead, or that happened, that's the magic around the dead. And uh, and I love it. I mean, it's just it's so true. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go play it. All right, so I'm gonna play it. And on the podcast, I don't usually play the full versions of the songs because otherwise. The the podcast would be like two and a half hours but um but the music is absolutely what brings us all together so i'm going to go in and play looks like rain from saratoga from june in 2017 and then we're going to come back and uh and hear some more stories awesome great
Listening to Looks Like Rain, and um, yeah, I mean, so magic. You just can't wait for the next show, right? It just makes you just yearn to be back there. It Indeed. does. Yes. Absolutely. Well, let's let's go back a little bit to the origins. You know, we have a family of five here. So, you know, David and Kelly, tell me how you guys found each other and uh, a little bit of the beginning of the journey. Well, we met in 1985. I was 18 and Dave was 21. And, you know, we met at a club in an area of Dallas called Deep Ellum. And he <clears throat> happened to be at a place where I was underage, but his friends owned this club. So 
um, we talked and, you know, we, I was going to take him home. All his friends left and, um, I was with my friend. So I thought, okay, I can get this guy a ride home. Um, but then my friend left with her boyfriend and I wasn't about to take some guy that I met home for the first time. Um, you know, so I ended up ditching him. Long story short, my, my, uh, friend ended up calling him on, you know, his answering machine way back in 1985 and just said, call Kelly and left my, my phone number and he called me and we had a date 32 years ago. In fact, October 5th. So the rest is history pretty much. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. That's awesome. And now were you guys both into the, the Grateful Dead at the time? Is it something you guys discovered yeah, together? the dead at that time i got into the dead april 1st 1990 so i was kind of a relative latecomer but but i got in with a vengeance <laughs> <laughs> once you got a dose you were all in yeah i was all in from from day one for sure well and i kind of had no choice but to become a deadhead because he was so all in you know but um but it's just such a magical scene you can't help but get into them and just the you know shakedown street and all just the beautiful people and the music it's just magical for sure absolutely so now when you got into it was it from going to a live show or from like turning on to some music for some friends like was, what was the tipping point for me it was going to the live show absolutely i mean i had heard the music and it, it, it had always been hard for me to really get them prior to seeing them live and then once i saw them live i completely got it okay so what was your first show April 1st, 1990, at the Omni in Atlanta. Okay, right on. Yeah, and uh, I caught two of the three-night run there, which was, that's what set me on fire. <laughs> and then Dylan, when we went to Fairly Well, I mean, that's how you yeah. really had your awakening. Yeah. So did you grow up, so Dylan and Avery, did you grow up, like, listening to the music and just being like, yeah, yeah, mom and dad's music until you ended up going? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. I was never into them until I saw them. I, it's not my thing. I always liked the music, but I never, I never became a deadhead until I, until the Fairly Well show either. It was just like, okay, it all makes sense now. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> We all we all picked a song, so I we kind of wanted to to put it out for the music and the family. Again, this is the first time I've ever had. I think it's really nice. Think about it. You guys are really like breaking ground here at Strangers Stopping Strangers. I think it's the first time I've ever had even more than one guest on at a time. So, um, so this is this is really special to not just like have more than one, but to dig in with a whole family. So we decided we're going to have everybody pick a song. So we're gonna we did the Looks Like Rain for Kelly. And now, David, tell me what you picked to play for the listeners. Yeah, I picked Broke Down Palace. And I love Broke Down Palace because it's, it's a sweet song. And it is the song that I used to sing to the kids as their lullaby as they'd be going to bed every night. So they got to know it well. And uh, it's a family favorite. We went up Yankee style. The show that we picked out was December 1st, 1973. So that's not where I am up here in uh, New England. So that's kind of yeah, fun. Awesome. <laughs> now let's go hear a little broke down palace and then we'll come back and we'll uh we'll get up uh to the next story perfect okay enjoy
listening to Broke Down Palace. You know, we talked about in the very beginning, you know, the bus and going to Fairly Well. So I want to hear, you know, the, the origins of, you know, hearing about the show and, and getting it all together and and uh, the story behind that. Well, uh, kind of a funny sideline about the bus being the whole impetus, you know, or the shows being the impetus for the bus. We spent seven months getting it all ready. And at the very last minute on the day we were leaving, 
the uh, mechanic said, there's another issue. It ain't going on the road, which was crushing to us. So we had to drive my car a thousand miles each way to Chicago. But we did and we saw the shows and they were great. And we came back and at that point got in the bus and headed to the West Coast. So we had a good trip after that. But uh, why don't you give your impressions of Fairly Well? Fairly Well was uh, just just a very moving experience for me. And I, I found it pretty emotional because, and I wasn't expecting to get emotional from Fairly Well, the shows, but I just, just the kindness at the shows and just the people and the vibe. And it was, it was amazing. I just loved it. I understand now the culture of it and why people go and love it so much. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's no place I'd rather be, right? It's, what about you, Dylan? Well, yeah, Fair the Well for me is definitely what clicked on my, my deadheadness. <laughs> I, I also chose the song Addicts of My Life. That was really one of the more moving experiences for me at that, like towards halfway through the song, which I believe was their last song, right? It was. Yeah. yeah. After every, every line, everyone just started just cheering. And to just hear that 50 years of emotion pouring out of 75,000 people was Really, really something. Uh, I just got the I just got the goosebumps hearing you say that. I I literally have goosebumps up and down my leg right now. Yeah, whenever I listen to that song too, it just sends chills all over me. Well, I have to say, as a family, when you know we were putting this podcast together and and you know kind of got the music going on right before we did the podcast, and I have to say, like, it's kind of an observation. I mean, you guys are definitely you know based on the choices. I mean, just a family that you know obviously really feels things deeply. I mean, to choose Broken Down Palace, to choose Ripple, to choose Addicts of My Life. I mean. I mean, and actually, you're really an American beauty family, right, from Texas. I mean, it's uh, it's so cool, like, to say, like, okay, well, what are you going to pick? And to have them be these these really transcending songs that, you know, again, are, to me, are all in that, that feeling things deeply and being reflective. And I think that really says a lot about you as a family, that you all, you know, came with that together. Because, I mean, there's all kinds of deadheads, right? I mean, there's the, I mean, and again, we love all of it, but, you know, you have the people who, you know, bust out the Shakedown Street, you know, you know there's just so many different styles and, and there's, you know, the fun songs and then there's the songs, again, that really just sort of, you know, speak to the core and the feeling and, uh, and all of those are just, are so much that way. Absolutely. Well, should we go in and play, uh, should we go in and play the, uh, the Addicts of Our Life and then come back and, and do a couple more? Sure. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay.
Well, back from listening to Addicts of Our Live, and I, I want to like kind of flesh out the the whole weekend altogether. So, David, you take your car and you guys get there and uh, tell everyone a little bit about the experience. Well, it's funny driving up in the car. We pulled over at a hotel just for a few few hours of sleep. I mean, literally like three or four hours of sleep because we didn't have much time. I mean, we, we got there with three hours to spare before the first show started. We made it. It was just awesome. I mean, that whole weekend was yeah, just it really was. It was superb. amazing. I was, I don't know about you guys, but it was our first time to Chicago and yeah. for fairly well to be in Chicago, I just thought it was just, it's such a cool city. One of my favorite cities I've yeah. ever been to. And the whole city rolled out the welcome mats. I mean, it was, you know, welcome deadheads. And, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the lighting of the, the buildings. I mean, everything. It was, was just alive. It was, it was electric. It was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys, so you went to all three. So you're first, you go in. And so where were you guys at? Were you guys in the stands? Were you guys like down below? Like where, where were you at at the show? The first night, we were uh, kind of opposite the stage up in the balcony, which yeah. sounds far away. It kind of was far away, but from a perspective view, yeah. it was great. You could see this, the skyline behind the stage, which was really cool. Yeah. Second and then night. the second night was July 4th. We, we kind of sat for the first set. We sat in these uh, kind of in the, like the side, but we had an obstructed view, so we couldn't see the fireworks. So uh, we tried to smuggle our way down to the to the floor and we actually ended up meeting a security guard who was from where my sister goes to school uh cassidy up in denton and so he was totally cool with letting us go on the floor <laughs> which was really cool oh that's awesome yeah. and, and then the third night we were kind of the same almost the same as uh the first set of july 4th but a little bit closer up it was cool to have all the different perspectives yeah. and kind of see it from far and then experience it on the floor. Now that you guys have, like, you know, been going to all these shows, where where do you like to be now? Because, um, Dylan, I remember running into you at City Field, yeah. and we were on the floor. So, to me, it's to me like, as soon as I got onto the floor just recently, this was actually in the last podcast, something clicked in me, and I don't think it's necessarily a, a better thing. Now I just feel like I've got to be as close as possible. Like, oh. for me to fully be in, I've got to be, like, right there. Where, where yeah. are you guys at with that? Yeah, same. Me, me and my friend last year at the Boulder shows for their summer tour, we, we got there front row, and we had waited all day, and after just having that experience, you, you don't want to be more than five rows back. It's just, like... <laughs> really hard to do that no absolutely i mean it's such a liability now you know yeah. because i uh, i mean i love going to all of the shows but unless i know that i can like be within you know bobby's spitting distance there's yeah. just i'm not quite there you know like i need to be in spitting distance to really like absorb the whole thing and be part of it which is um again it's it's bittersweet because now i feel like i've got to be right there you know yeah. All right. So what's uh? So tell me about 2016. So we talked about fairly well, and uh, did you guys catch any shows on the 2016 tour? We did the Boulder shows. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I guess those are the only ones. We That's did. the only ones we did last year. Um, so this this summer was our big one, and then in December we're catching Dallas on December 1st, Austin on the 2nd, and New Orleans on the 5th. So uh, that'll be a fun little. Oh, that'll be so much fun. That's awesome. Well, let's. Uh, well, I'm going to play another song because we played the Addicts of Life from Fare Thee Well. Avery, tell me a little bit about why you chose Ripple. That That's uh, the next song that I have on deck to play. So Ripple for me just kind of just tied everything together. And just as soon as they started playing it, I just started crying. And I just could not even control myself. And we were, my family was all together and we just, had a big hug and it was just a really sweet special moment that I will never forget. Uh, well, I just got goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna have goosebumps during the entire podcast. Yeah. Uh, and, no, I love that song. I mean, that was that was the really for the very first song I was ever really introduced to via family. My auntie Annie, when I uh, grew up, she used to always say, "You're in charge of the music for my funeral, and it's gonna be Ripple." Yeah, oh. there's just something inherent about it that's um that's just really like yeah, it's a super special song. Definitely. It is beautiful. And we heard Ripple at uh, at Fenway. That was really fun. Oh, that yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, that song was, always does it to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's do it to everyone who's listening. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to play 
you know what? I'm gonna mix things up a little. I'm gonna let's let's play for Fenway, right? Yeah. Yeah, why not? This is listeners, this podcast is totally organic. We can turn on a dime and, and change the music around. Let's go to go to Fenway, go to um this summer and, and play that one. That's Perfect. Right. right. Okay, cool. Well everybody enjoy and then we'll be back. Take you wrong 
Well, back from listening to Ripple from Fenway in June 2017, which, again, so much fun. And, and per our earlier conversation, I managed to uh, jump myself onto the floor without floor seats. So <laughs> Now, I, I learned the term this summer, and this was so late in the game. I mean, I'm 44. can't believe I just learned this term just recently, stubbing down, when somebody told me that they would stub me down. That just that term alone is a game changer, right? <laughs> wow, that's funny. From now on, I'm like, okay, well, as long as the seats are like doable, somebody will stub me down. Like that's that's <laughs> the new game plan going into buying seats from now on. So uh, it's, it's all about the stub down. I'm gonna go to see them in Boston and. Um, Hartford, I did score the general admission tickets. In Boston, I managed to get again, close enough that I could manage to find somebody I know on the floor to stub me down. Because uh, yeah, it's all about it's all about the community and getting the people who need to be up front up front, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, we uh, we we don't have general admission for Dallas and Austin and New Orleans, right? Because right. the whole Ticketmaster thing was kind of messed up, but. Uh, I, I, I have so many different excuses that I have prepared to use to try to get myself on the floor. And, yeah. You'll find and you're going to do it. Yep. He will. He definitely will. You're going to do it. Now, if there's a will, there's a way. You're going to do it. Again, I don't have any. I'm always happy to buy tickets. But, yeah, I can't pay $600 to be on the floor. Like, that's just yeah. crazy town. Yeah. So, you know, I'll pay my buck fifty or whatever to get near the floor. And then we'll just let fate go from there. Right? And it usually works out. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's so there's one member of your family missing, and it's Cassidy. And um, I want to hear a little bit about you know the, the name and the story. So Kelly, tell us that tell us how that that came about. Well, and you were asking me, you know, how I became a deadhead, you know, and I shakedown was a big part of it because when we lived in Florida for a very brief spell. Um, Avery was just a tiny baby. Uh, I guess the dead was playing New Orleans, 1995-ish. No, it was Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, um, and, and we were strolling little tiny Avery around in our stroller, and just that, again, that vibe was just so cool and so sweet and special. I didn't see the shows that time, but it just really, you know, captured my heart. But then we... Not soon after that, I was pregnant again, and we chose the name Cassidy for if we were to have a girl, not knowing the meaning behind the song. And um, my father at the time had um, been diagnosed with bone marrow cancer, and um, he had passed away just days after Cassidy was born, just two or three days after Cassidy was born. You know, again, not knowing the meaning behind the song. I guess when Jerry died, David got phone calls from all over the country, from friends all over. It was like a family member of ours had died. And a friend had shared the meaning behind the, the song. And Dave, I'll let you continue. Well, the interesting thing was when Barlow and Weir were writing the song, Barlow's dad was dying of cancer um, in Wyoming, I think. And, um, and Bob Weir's girlfriend, Eileen Law, was giving birth to a daughter at that time. And right as Barlow's dad passed away, little Cassidy Law was born. And so we didn't know the tie-in with Kelly's dad passing away days after Cassidy was born until Jerry died, but very cool tie-in. Oh, absolutely. Again, well, and I will say for the third time in this podcast, I do have got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just so everybody knows, I just got my third set of goosebumps going on with it. Because we yeah. all come with the same story, you know? It's all a different story in the same story. It's all magic. That's exactly yeah, that's right. True. We're very fortunate because Dallas has a really strong Grateful Dead tribe of people. That um, There's a band called Forgotten Space that is really, really good. We get to see them a lot. And, you know, it's probably 75% of the same people every time. And it's a really cool community. Very special tribe for sure. And and I love that it's like continuing that you know that it's that it goes on with the generations and 
and with your family. And I love that it's something that's still breathing and living and changing. And, and, it, and it lives in all of the bands. It lives in Forgotten Space. It lives in Dead and Company. It lives in J-Rad. It lives, you know, it's not the Grateful Dead. Like the Grateful Dead is, you know, maybe the parent that, that started it, but that it's, that it's still alive. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it's really, really special. Well, I'm sorry Cassidy's not here on the call, but she's certainly here in spirit with us, right? Yes, we're sorry she's not here either. Well, should we go play that, and then we'll come back and do a little uh, little sign-off and goodbye? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Well, I haven't picked the Cassidy yet. I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we pick the Cassidy now? What should we do? I, re- I really like the Cassidy from Without a Net. Oh, I love that one, too. Okay. Done. That's it. That's the casting. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's throw it back. So let's uh, let's throw it back to '89 and uh, play some Cassidy, and then uh, we'll come back and say goodbye. Great.
Well, back from listening to Cassidy, and I just wanted to uh, say goodbye to y'all. Well, thank you so much for having us, Stacey. It was so great. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Stacey. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. And I'm going to be coming out your way to see you guys. Um, last story to share. What about the crazy connection that you live like a block away from my first cousin? That's really cool. We share an alley and we're seven houses apart. How about that? Yeah, it's that that is so cool. So hey now, Karen and Jay and Jackson and Charlotte and they're listening to this. And of course, Auntie Anne. When I talk about Auntie Anne and the ripple, so here's the full ripple effect. My cousin Karen is my Auntie Anne's daughter. Oh, wow. Oh. That's perfect yeah. tie-in. Yeah. So my Auntie Annie, who, you know, who, like, kind of got this all, you know, this ball rolling on my side. Karen is her daughter and, like, a little sister to me. She had told me that there's this beautiful bus that's in her neighborhood. And, uh, <laughs> you know, perhaps I've heard of it. And I sent her the picture of Sugary from Saratoga. And she texted me back and said, that's them. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, there's not, there's not another one like her, that's for sure. <laughs> no, so cool. So uh, there you go. So I'll be out to see you guys. I guess it's due to trip out to Dallas to see uh, my cousins. And now I have got uh, all kinds of family to visit in the neighborhood. There you go. We'll sure go, do. We'll go take a bus ride. Right on. When you guys are going to send me a picture of Sugary, because I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have the bus be the artwork for today's podcast. We totally will. Right on. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday and your family time together. And this was such a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much for uh, for letting me share your stories with the with with the listeners. Yeah, thank, thank you. you Thanks, Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. And please do come find us because we would love to show you around Dallas too. Right, I absolutely will. All right. Okay. Take care, Stacy. All right, you guys too. Enjoy the day. Bye. Cheers. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.